Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. USA, the greatest entertainers in America, is requested by you, the men and women in the United States Armed Forces throughout the world. Command Performance, presented this week and every week, till you're home from the hospitals and back from over there. Hi, gang, this is Ken Carpenter, hauling in the super-duper Christmas edition of Command, a sparkling package loaded fuller than ever with top talent and tunes, the kind asked for in your gracious letters to us, Caravan Forces Radio, Los Angeles, USA. Yes, guys and gals, once again, it's that certain, that wonderful time of the year, the time you find icicles hanging below the eaves, gay presents waiting below the tree, and your Aunt Hepzibah waiting below the mistletoe. As the hall is heaped with pretty packages for you, and here comes one of the prettiest packages now. The contents are delectable, and there's certainly nothing wrong with the wrapper. It's that lovely star of Letter to Three Wives, the gal who plays Maisie... And Southern! Well, thanks a lot. Look, Ann, after this shindig, you must come up to my place for a drink. Will you do that? I got some wonderful liquor. I'm serving Tom's. Ken, you mean Tom and Jerry? No, just Tom's. I couldn't find out where Jerry hides his liquor. (laughs) Then, Ann, look, I'll, I'll play Santa Claus. I'll let you sit on my knee. Gee, do you think I can stand it? Oh, now, how about it, Anne? Is the deal? Will you come over and sit on my knee? No, thanks, lover boy. Now, wait. You're not afraid of fatherly old Santa Claus, are you? (laughs) (laughs) Ken, it's not the Santa that scares me, but you've got the wrong kind of claw. Okay. (laughs) All right, Anne. What's the first item of business on the show? Well, you said we've got lots of goodies for the gang. And in charge of ripping off the wrappers, untangling the tinsel, and popping the corn is a famous fellow that some people know as Edmund Gwen. Yes, but we know the truth, don't we? He gave himself away at a documentary movie called Miracle on 34th Street. Yes. He's really that jolly gentleman, his royal highness, his eminence, Santa Claus. Yes. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Santa Claus, how's everything been going for you this year? Oh, it's been tough sledding, Anne. Tough sledding? How come? Well, no snow. 
Now, are you folks having a good Christmas? <laughs> well, Santa, I must say I got some pretty strange gifts. Oh? Yes, Bing Crosby gave me a toupee curler, and I haven't got a toupee. <laughs> Michelle Perrier here gave me a mustache cup, and I haven't got a mustache. My wife gave me a cane bottom chair. <clears throat> <laughs> Well, thank goodness I've got a pillow. Oh. <laughs> Tell me, Santa. Yeah? Did you have a hard time deciding what to give the Hollywood movie stars this year? Well, Ann, I think I took care of them rather well. Mm-hmm. I gave Sidney Greenstreet just what he's always wanted. A full-width mirror. Oh, how... <laughs> and Jack Benny, you know, Jack Benny asked me for some pocket money. Mm-hmm. So I dropped by the first, second, and third national banks. Mm-hmm. And what did you give Jack? Nothing. I found out he already owned the first, second, and third now. <laughs> oh, oh, and I, I gave little Margaret O'Brien a cute set of blocks to play with. Hmm, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. You're right, my dear. You're quite right. A cute set of blocks. Mm-hmm. On Wilshire from La Brea to Doheny. Oh. Well, now, that was very sweet. Mm. Let's say we start looking into these packages addressed to the gang. Yeah, very well, Anne. But we have so many attractive bundles here, it's hard to know where to begin. For instance, here. Now, here's a great big grab bag addressed to all the gang of the Caribbean Command. Let's see what happens when I pull the string. I'm back in the saddle again Out where a friend is a friend where the longhorn cattle feed on the lowly gentleman. <laughs> well, howdy, folks. This is Gene Autry. And a real Merry Christmas to everybody. Yes, sir, there's something about the Christmas season that just seems to bring people closer together. And there's a lot of things that make this wonderful day what it is. Tree the holly, the mistletoe, old Santa Claus himself. But the greatest of these things is friendship. I'd like to bring out a friend of mine. He's everybody's all-around favorite and just about the greatest singer in the country today. Frankie Lane couldn't make it, Gene. Oh, well, it's really great having you with us, Bing, anyhow. Well, I guess it's better than an empty chair. Say, Gene, aren't we being a little informal, a little casual for such an auspicious occasion? We should eschew nicknames and address each other by our full given names. All right. That's all right with me, Bing. What's yours? Harry Lillis Crosby. Oh. What's yours? Orphan Eugenie Autry. <laughs> Hi, Gene. Hi, Bing. <laughs> Well, how was Christmas with you? Oh, big, big. I always have a quiet little shindig, though, over at the house. My brother Everett plays Santa Claus. He has a knack for it, you know. Oh, your brother Everett has got a knack for playing Santa oh, Claus? Oh, yes, been putting it in the sock for years, that boy. Well, what's the... <laughs> Look, we better get down to business here now and get this big epic rolling. So why don't you start off the parade of stars, Gene, by getting together with the Andrews sisters. I'm sure everybody's waiting to hear you sing the song that sold over a million records for you. Here comes Santa Claus. Well, Bing, I, I kind of thought maybe you'd sing first. Oh, no, you don't. Now, you got your guitar strapped on your back. You're ready to go. Do oh. it. 
Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. The Dixon and Blitzen and all his reindeers pulling on the rain. Bells are ringing, children singing, all is merry and bright. So jump in bed and cover your head, cause Santa Claus comes tonight. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, down Santa Claus Lane. He's got a bag that is filled with toys for boys and girls again. Hear those sleigh bells jingle jangle, what a beautiful sight. Jump in bed, cover up your head, cause Santa Claus comes tonight. Next bingo. I'm ready. This is your song, isn't it? Let's make killer. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. He'll come around when chimes ring out that it's Christmas morn again. Peace on earth will come to all if we just follow the light. So let's give thanks to the Lord above, because Santa Claus comes tonight. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. Fixing and whistling, all his reindeer pulling on the rain. Bells are ringing, children singing, all is merry and bright. Hang your stocking and say your prayers, for Santa Claus comes tonight. Yes, sir. Well, Gene, leave us not tarry here. What's next on the agenda? We thought it'd be a real treat to bring a couple of our good friends down from Canada. It's a pleasure at this time to introduce you to Lisa Roy, Jock Norman. Get out. Well, just want you to make yourselves right here at home, folks. Lisa, Jock. Merci. Merci beaucoup. And, uh... I would like for you to meet Bing Crosby. Ah, bonjour, Monsieur Crosby. Oh, Monsieur Crosby, je suis très heureuse de vous voir enfin. Je vous admire tellement au cinéma. Oui. Et nous profitons de l'occasion pour souhaiter un joyeux Noël à nos amis du Canada. Oui. Vous et Monsieur Autry êtes toujours les favoris des Canadiens, et les Canadiens vous adorent. Oui, je pense qu'elle Well, how's everything going up in Canada, Jock? Oh, wonderful, Jean. Jock, don't you think that right now would be a good time to send Christmas greetings to all of our friends up in Canada? Well, we'd love to, Jean. We'd love to, of course. I would like to say Merry Christmas, or as we say in French, Joyeux Noël à tout le monde. And I would like to add, merci d'avoir été si gentil pour nous. Merci à vous tous. Folks, in English, that means howdy. Kids, the last Indian runner that reached the stockade brought reports of your smashing successes up there. Why don't you give us a, a little sample well, of better than that what you do to fracture the folks, huh? Let's hear, let's hear some of this. Well, stuff all right, Mr. Crosby. So agog in Canada. <laughs> I will at least start by singing uh, La Vie en Rose. In America, it's You Are Too Dangerous, Chérie. Oh, this sounds lethal. TNT. Everybody duck.
prend dans ses bras, il me parle tout bas, je vois l'avion rose, il me dit des mots d'amour, des mots de tous les jours, et ça me fait quelque chose, il est entré dans mon cœur. Une part de bonheur dont je connais la cause, celui pour moi, moi pour lui dans la vie. Il me l'a dit, l'a juré pour la vie. Et dès que je l'aperçois, alors je sens en moi. Mon cœur qui bat, des yeux qui font baisser les miens, un rire qui se perd sur sa bouche. Voilà le portrait sans retouche de l'homme auquel j'appartiens. Tout dangereuse chérie, tout dangereuse pour I know I can't resist you. You're too beautiful, chérie. What will become of me? Will I regret I kiss you? Il est entré dans mon cœur une part de bonheur dont je connais la cause. Pour moi, moi pour toi dans la vie. Tu me l'as dit, l'a juré pour la vie. Et dès que je t'aperçois, alors je sens en moi mon cœur qui Somehow I understood every word. <laughs> thank you very much. And thank you very much, mesdames et messieurs. And now Jacques Normand will sing Il faut de tout, which means it takes all kinds to make a world. Il faut de la pierre pour les sculpteurs, il faut des points pour les boxeurs, des nattes pour les musiciens, des océans pour les marins, il faut des gendarmes pour les voleurs. Et des gibets pour les tueurs, il faut l'impôt, assurément, pour vous enlever tout votre argent. Il faut le tout, de tout pour faire un monde. Des brunes, des blondes, des hommes de taille moyenne, des femmes frisant la soixantaine, des petits nains et des géants, des timides et des truands. Il faut le tout, de tout pour faire un monde. Des mains, des rondes, faux, d'autres. Évidemment, pour faire un monde Il faut des ponts pour les clochards Il faut du vin pour les pochards De l'amour pour les amoureux Des thermomètres pour les fièvreux 
Des discours pour les ministères, des marches pour les militaires. À chaque pays, une capitale au Canada, pour Montréal. Il faut de tout, de tout pour faire un monde. Des brunes, des blondes, des hommes de taille moyenne, des femmes prisant la soixantaine, des petits et des géants, des timides et des truands. Il faut de tout, de tout pour faire un monde. Des mains, des rondes. Pour faire un monde, pour faire un monde. Ah, oui. Oh, 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 oui. Santa Claus number a while ago. You know the old saying is, two is company, three is the Andrews sisters. How you doing since you got back from abroad, gal? Oh, So you got the arrangement of jingle bells with you today? Yeah, well. Well, wait for me. Wait okay. for Dad. <laughs> jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ring in a one-horse open sleigh. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. All the fields we go, laughing all the way. Bells on bobtails ring, making spirits bright. What fun to ride and sing on our sleighing song tonight. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Well, 
Now let us follow Santa Claus as he merrily wends his way through the clouds, swerving this way and that to avoid the Skyriders who are up there singing Vaughn Monroe songs. <laughs> Santa's on his way to deliver Christmas cheer. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. If I don't stop hearing those jingle bells, I'm going to go nuts someday. Whoa! <laughs> whoa, Jasper, whoa, Prancer, whoa, 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 Patty, Laverne, Maxine, whoa. <laughs> and Santa sees a lovely chimney, looks at it and says, Oh, there must be a beautiful gal living in this house. He looks down the chimney and he sees Anne Southern. Oh, ho, oh, oh, ho, oh, oh, ho, oh. ho, ho, ho. This chimney isn't the only thing that's well stacked. No. <laughs> well, well, here I go. Oh. Let's be frightened. Don't be frightened. It's only me, Santa Claus. Santa Claus? You're a wolf, too. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's so nice to meet such a promising young star. Uh, thank you, Santa, but you can turn off that gleam in your eye. I'm not promising you anything. Oh. <laughs> And by the way, you're just the man I want to see. Oh? I'm a little disappointed with that alarm clock you gave me last Christmas. Well, that was a very good alarm clock. What's wrong with it? What's wrong with it? I'll show you. Listen. Well, I I brought you some other things last year that you asked for. How about that new boyfriend I gave you? Oh, that old thing. <laughs> oh, gosh, Santa, I wish you'd help me out. It's so hard to figure out what to give people. So that you'll break even, you know. Oh, <laughs> I know you're only kidding. You're really a very generous girl. You know, I watched you last year, you know. There you were, tying your presents on the tree. First you tied up a present for your mother. Then you tied up the presents for your sisters. Then you tied up the presents for your family. And then those two good-looking soldiers came to dinner. Yes, and then your family had to tie you up. Yeah, the glad you all peeping down. But I really think you're adorable. I love everything about you and about Christmas. Gosh, you know, a girl can always tell when it's getting near Christmas around here. Really? How? All the majors are wearing mistletoe instead of oak leaves. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and a lot of the soldiers get to come home and see their girls around Christmas time, you. Oh, no, not all of them. Some of the boys refuse their furloughs. Refuse their Christmas furloughs? Why? Well, they just don't want their sergeants to get lonesome. <laughs> It's been wonderful visiting here with you. I must be on my way now. I've got to put in an appearance at lots more places. What time is it, anyway? Oh, well, just a minute. I'll, I'll look at my clock. Hmm. It's still two minutes slow. package addressed to all our listeners, and especially to the fine customers in Japan. Mm -hmm. It's a bunch of fellas who borrowed some washboards and started getting music out of them. Gang, 
You love their radio and picture work, and here they are on your Christmas command, the Hoosier Hot Shots. Fellas, tell me, do you like the present I gave you this year? Well, that was some sneaky trick giving us a Bendix laundromat. Oh, Santa Claus, what a dirty thing to do. You know that contraption's been driving us nuts. Yeah. Oh, gosh, boys. Now, tell me, didn't the machine wash your clothes? Won't it wash them? Sure, it washes all right. Well, then what's wrong? We can't find a way to play it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Well, I see what I... I know something you certainly can play. <laughs> something you certainly can play. Now, how, how about your own inimitable version of put on your old red flannels? Well, that will do. Good. Are you ready, Hesley? Something tells me it's time right now for an encore from the Hoosier Hot Shots. Well, I'd like nothing better. Uh huh, but Hot Shots, I didn't get to meet you fellas. Which of you are which? Well, I'm Ken. I play trombone parts on the Little Brown Jug. <laughs> uh, I'm Gabe. Uh, I play trombone parts on the Little Brown Jug. Uh, I'm Gil. I play trombone parts on the Little Brown Jug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my name's Hezzy. I empty the trombones. <laughs> 
start pouring out a little mellow melody for us. Uh, what have you got on tap? Uh, <laughs> 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 you know, we thought we'd do uh, etiquette blues and tell the boys over there how to... Uh, Maybe they should eat their Christmas dinner. <laughs> That's it, Hizzy. Yeah. Take it away. I got it. <laughs> My time, gentlemen. Oh, you're so right, Gabriel. You're so right. Thank you, sir. Say, I'm the guy that wrote the book on etiquette. Uh-huh. I know how your vittles should be et. Tell us about it, Gabe. I have written this little book about mistakes I've saw. Take them down and don't forget what I say is law. Now, always mix your peas with your potatoes. Then you got hash. That makes eating with your knife a sure cinch. <laughs> when someone asks for bread, grab several in your mitt. Then deal them out like you were dealing canasta. I love frozen canasta. When you're wearing uh, your goggles, you should eat grapefruit. Call your shots, Gabe. Yes, I can mention a lot of things. Friday means it's fish or pork. Always gesture with your fork. Thank you for your very kind attention. Tell us more, Gabriel. Always leave your spoon up in your coffee. Not that wrong. Starting poison with a soup sounds your age. Not a napkin, try to catch the food what bounces off in the night. Tuck your napkin in so it's gonna stay there. Rock, 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 rock. Always laugh when nothing funny happens. <laughs> Many other pointers I could mention. Mention. Friday means it's fish or pork. Always gesture with your fork. Thank you for your very kind attention. We'd better get on to opening more packages. Yes, Ken. Here's a very small, flat one. Oh, wait. It's a letter. What does it say? It says, <clears throat> Dear Santa, I'm a faithful fan Santa of yours. Fan of yours. And, and I would write in and ask you for an autographed picture of yourself. But I'm so young, I don't know how to write. Santa, I hear you're going to be on the Christmas program... And if you want to give me what I really want most in the whole world, let me hear a song sung by the beautiful voice of that handsome He-Man, the one the girls love so much, Harry Babbitt. <laughs> Thank you, 
did it to me. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm glad you could make it, Harry. Christmas command wouldn't be complete without you. <laughs> oh, thank you, Santa. Harry, I hear that last night you appeared on Santa Claus Lane. Oh, that's right, Ken. And say, what a fabulous thing that Santa Claus Lane is. Yes, it's beautiful. Hollywood Boulevard is lined with Christmas trees. And then all the movie stars parade by. All of them. Except Lassie. <laughs> oh, that's right. And you know, you know, last night, Lana Turner came by on a float. Then Lionel Barrymore came by on a float. Then Phil Harris floated by. <laughs> yeah, good old Phil always gets full of those Christmas spirits. <laughs> And then I went shopping, and boy, what a job. Shopping on Christmas Eve? My boy, my boy, before that, did you ever attend a bargain basement sale? No, why? Ye gods. Right into combat with no basic training. <laughs> oh. See, Harry, I'll bet the stores were kind of crowded. Kind of crowded, Ken. We were packed so close together that when the man next to me got a headache, I had to take an aspirin. <laughs> when I got a sudden itch... He had to scratch his leg. <laughs> you know, I got a great song about an experience like that. I know. Some enchanted evening. No, Santa. The one I mean goes something like this. Oh. Maestro Perrier? Everybody stops and stares at me. These two teeth are gone, as you can see. Now, I don't know just who to blame for this catastrophe. But my one wish on Christmas Eve is as plain as it can be. All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. My two front teeth. Be my two front teeth. Gee, if I could all Here's a treat that'll be well received by all the guys and gals from Nome to Nagasaki, from Guam to Guantanamo. A song from the Pied Pipers. Somehow I know that you're the one I care for. The 
What's next, Santa? Well, now, Ken, comes one of everybody's top favorites. Star of radio, stage, screen, and command performance. It's the young man with a horn. And he grew it himself. Bob Hope. Thank you very much. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? You through? Thank you. Mm. Well, here it is Christmas. This is the day I love my fellow men, but at the stroke of 12, back to girls. <laughs> yes, sir. Christmas. Yes, sir, that's the day of rest and quiet before you start exchanging the stuff. When I... When I woke up this morning, I thought we had a white Christmas, but it was just a reflection of my tongue in the window. Oh. Last night, I had a Tom and Clorox. <laughs> sort of an oral hot foot. But I want to tell you, it's a great day. I got downstairs too early this morning. It was chilly, even with my bathrobe cord tied, so I went back and put on the bathrobe. But it was an exciting morning. A crowd was gathered outside my door cheering. Someone had hung the wrong kind of wreath out front. <laughs> oh. Those Pierce brothers are such cut-ups. I, uh... I came down Hollywood Boulevard to the studio just now, and it was really deserted. I didn't see anybody except six last-minute shoppers who were trapped in the revolving door at the Broadway. <laughs> Well, we had a wonderful Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, that's when everybody stays in to see how they came out. I... Uh... <laughs> Did you count up yet? <laughs> I stayed up late trimming our tree, and at midnight I heard a thumping on the roof. I thought it might be St. Nick, but it turned out it was a landlord putting up seats for the Rose Bowl game. <laughs> My brother must have had one eggnog too many. He's been standing in front of one of those peppermint sticks in the Christmas tree all morning waiting for a haircut. I didn't sleep all night. I hung my socks up in the fireplace, and I was so excited I forgot to take my feet out of them. <laughs> you want to catch up? Go ahead. It's all right. It was still better than last year. Last year, I hung my sock up, and you know what I found in the morning? A note from the health department. But it's really thrilling to open Christmas packages and not know what you'll find. I came up with three ties, four sweaters, and a snake bite. My sponsor... <laughs> My sponsor gave me a raise for Christmas, a pair of Adler elevated shoes. And some... <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Adler. Some packages. Some packages were damaged in the mail. By the time I'd opened Phil Harris's gift, it had all leaked out. But I... I sent Dorothy Lemur a new safety pin, Betty Hutton some vitamin pills, and Gypsy Rose Lee a package of cold tablets. It's all right. Leave it alone. I'll whip that up into an eggnog later. It's all right. I didn't get Crosby anything. I figured no matter what I bought, he'd own the company that made it. <laughs> and I got 4,000 Christmas cards this year, but I have to send back nearly 1,000 unsold. You know, <laughs> I did get some nice cards. Frank Sinatra sent me a nice card, but he shouldn't have licked the envelope. I found him this morning in my mailbox, still stuck to the flap. 
Mind if I horn in? Well, Harry James. Look at that. Yes, sir. Harry James, the man with the horn. You should talk. <laughs> At least I can blow mine without checking with Petrillo. <laughs> Tell me, who wrote that joke for you, Betty? You know, I'm liable to get mad and stop whistling at her. <laughs> no, I could never get that mad. Uh, by the way, Bob, I want to thank you for the present you sent over. Oh, it was nothing. A dozen doilies. <laughs> but with your telephone number embroidered on each one. <laughs> I'm just trying to get business. There's a lot of competition among us babysitters, you know. <laughs> uh, did you get my other gifts, Harry? Yes, Bob, but Betty and I can't figure them out. A toy horn for me and a picture puzzle for Betty. Simple, my boy. I thought I'd come over and help Betty work the puzzle and you'd blow. By the way, for those of you who aren't on the know, Harry James is America's greatest trumpet player and is married to Betty Grable. And for those of you who don't know who Betty Grable is, I have an important message. Ms. Vera Vague would like to meet you at the corner of Hollywood and Vine. <laughs> She'll be the one wearing naughty pine knickers. <laughs> Please, Bob, Betty and I are just an average American couple. Our home life is just like anybody else's. Why, at breakfast, I sit across the table from Betty reading the morning paper. You fool, you. <laughs> no wonder you read it upside down. Of course, I don't eat breakfast myself. Why not? I can't stand the noise. <laughs> the Man Performances Christmas Show presents Harry James and Company and Tuxedo Junction.
Santa, <laughs> this is the day of days. It certainly is. And you know, this is a day of deep religious significance. Celebrated throughout the world, wherever the message of the Prince of Peace lighted men's hearts. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace to men of goodwill. A day of holly and mistletoe. Christmas trees and candles in the window. And the light of faith in our hearts. In the universal spirit of Christmas, the celebrated star of the Metropolitan Opera and Pictures, Loritz Melchior, sings, O Holy Night. Santa Claus could ask for. 
Well, Santa, what's next on our Christmas list? Well, Ken, I thought the gang up in Alaska would like a touch of Christmas back home. So for further details, suppose we turn to an establishment that I've been visiting for the past 15 years. The Jotham Down store in Pine Ridge, Arkansas. And its popular proprietors, Lum and Abner. Would you uh, simmer down for a minute? Huh? I want you to listen while I run through this poem I'm going to recite at the Youngin's Christmas party tonight. Oh, you going to recite a poem? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. well. Yeah. They wanted somebody with a good speaking voice and lots of personality. Oh, uh, couldn't find nobody, huh? <laughs> well, you'll do just as well. Uh, what poem are you reciting, Mom? It's a Christmas poem. Well, sir, now you chose a good topic for this time of year. You sure did. I thought it'd fit in good. Yeah. Well, you, you sit there and listen. Yeah, go ahead. I love Christmas. Happy Yuletide. Just love it. Twas the night before Christmas. Oh, I and... enjoy Christmas. My favorite holiday. Oh, go ahead, Lump. Start your poem. I'm just dying to hear it. Well, keep still, then. Yeah. Twas the night before Christmas. Oh, that's sweet. I just love it. And all through the house, not all a All through creature. whose house? Just any house. Huh? Any house. And all oh, through well, the uh, house. Oh, it's a vacant house, huh? All through the house, not it's, a creature was... vacant? Sp- no, there's a family living in it. Got some young'uns. But the base's place. Not necessary. Well, they've got young'uns, little Doody and Dulcie. All right. Make it the Bates's then. I can't understand why it's so quiet around there, though. There's the noisiest two little brats I ever know. <laughs> well, go ahead, Lon. Twas the night before Christmas and all through the house... Uh, 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 uh. What's the matter? All through the Bates's house. At all yeah. through the Batesy's house. Yeah. Not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. Might be the... caught in a trap. Will you keep quiet? A mouse. The stockings... The were... mouse is stocking? No, silly. Well, I was going to say, no wonder they couldn't hear the mice if they're running around their stocking feet, Mom. <laughs> Go ahead. The stockings was hung by the chimney with care. Oh, that's sweet. They could have hung them with a nail, though. In the hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. Who in the world is Nick Lassoon? Who? Nick Lassoon, you said you hoped he'd be there. I said in the hopes that St. Nick Lassoon would be there. Yeah. That's Santa Claus. Oh, I see. Yeah. The children... That's the were... first time I ever heard him call Nick Lassoon, though. <laughs> but it's your poem. Go ahead, Lom. I'm trying to. The children were nestled all snug in their beds. That's duty and duty. Bless their hearts. Bless their little heart. <laughs> While visions of sugar plums danced through their heads. Bless their... L- visions? Well, no wonder they're so quiet. Them young'uns is sick. Will you stop interrupting? Let's see, where was I? Damn poor little varmints. Oh, yeah, dance. And Mama and her kerchief... Miss Bates dancing at that time of the night? And I and my cap. You Was you over there dancing with Miss Bates, Oh, Mom? for goodness sakes, Abner. Well, you ought to have taken your cap off. It ain't polite to dance with your cap on. I weren't over there dancing with Miss Bates. Who was it, then? I don't know. I bound you I know is that Nick Lassoon. <laughs> Would you just hash up and listen? You got me so mixed up, I forget where I was at in the poem. Uh, uh, Nick and Miss Bates was dancing, cutting a rug. Yeah, or no. They're going to wake up them kids, too. And Mama and her kerchief and... In her what? Kerchief. Gazunkai. 
And I and my calf... Yeah, you better keep the calf on long as you're catching cold, sneezing that away. Go ahead, Lom. When out on the lawn there rose such a clatter... Oh, <laughs> old man Bates coming home, huh? <laughs> no, just listen to the poem and you'll find out what it yeah, was. Go ahead, I'd love to find out what that racket is. I still bet you old man Bates is mixed up in it some way long. I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Doggies, could you hear it clean over at your place? Abner, would you keep quiet, please? That's more likely how you caught that cold arm running around your nightshirt that way. Go ahead. Away to the window, I flew like a flag. Good for you. Tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. Just barely made it, huh? The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave a luster of midday to objects below. Lom, don't change the subject. What was that racket going on out there in the yard? I'm coming to that. When what to my wondering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. Eight tiny... Lom, do you actually claim you've seen a herd of midget reindeers running around the Bates' yard? I told you to keep quiet. More rapid than eagles... Now it's rabbits and eagles. He whistled and shouted and called them by oh, name. You better lay down. That cold's give you a fever, Long. Get away from me. Now, Dasher. Now, Dancer. Now, Francis. Now, Lump. On Comet. On Cupid. On Donder and Blitzen. Uh, Lump, watch your language there. Oh, oh, wait a minute. There comes Grandpappy Spears. Yeah, howdy, howdy, howdy. Merry Christmas. Merry yeah, Christmas. Yeah, howdy, Grandpap. Doggers, I'm glad you're here. Yeah, it's time to go over to the Christmas party. You fellas ready? I grannies, I am. I'm getting out of here right now. Hey, Long, come back here. Oh, me, Grandpap, this is the worst one Christmas I've ever saw. Why? What's the trouble? Ain't you heard? Lom's got to go over and recite a poem when he's so sick he's got the hallucinations. The little Bates young'uns are laid up with the visions, and their mama's downstairs dancing with the Mr. Nick Lassoon. <laughs> Old man Bates is out in the yard raising a rucus you can hear all over town. No, you better go to the party by yourself, Grandpap. Well, ain't you coming? Oh, no, I better stay here and wait for the call. What call? The one from the coroner. If old man Bates ever catches them two in there dancing, that Nick Lassoon's a dead goose. <laughs> oh, a fine team, that love and Abner, eh? Oh, say, Santa, uh, yeah? I've, I've been wondering, uh, what's in this little music box? A subdued little nursery tune? Hmm? Why don't you turn it on and see? Okay. Ye gods, Harry James playing
Stay tuned for the second hour of Christmas Command Performance. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio Service, the voice of information and... Christmas. It's still your big special command performance, and we're still with the big man of the year, Chris Kringle, Mr. Santa Claus. Right here, I think that for our sentimental listeners, we should present a heart-clutching song of nostalgia, sung by a lovelorn soul. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Cass Daly singing together. Santa, what's that you're lugging up to the microphone? This is a package addressed to the guys and gals at Castle Point and at Birmingham General and to all the listeners on the bedside nets. And in it, we find a great visitor. Grand guy, marvelous wit, ready raconteur. He's the salt of the earth. (laughs) 
why you're only saying that, because it's true. Jerry Colonna! <laughs> Thank you, one and all, and Merry Christmas. <laughs> Colonna, what was that? Christmas seals. <laughs> you open with a yuck. I'll have your hide for this. All right, but I want you. It's baggy around the knees. Giddy, <laughs> I hear you just did a big show for some boys in the hospital. Ah, yes, indeed. What a show. I did acrobatics. First, I'd lean over backwards and pick up a handkerchief with my teeth. Oh, wonderful. Then, for an encore, I'd pick up my teeth with a handkerchief. <laughs> What a chorus we had with 20 gorgeous girls, all dressed in newspapers. 20 gorgeous girls dressed in newspapers? Yep. Every time they turned around, you could see what happened to Dick Tracy. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, the luckiest guy was John B. Hughes with his views behind the news. The finale was colossal. Sensational, Ken. Just imagine. Gypsy Rose Lee dressed in a copy of the Chicago Sun. <laughs> I, I love, love to see, see that, that evening sun go down. <laughs> well, so much for all this stuff, Jerry. I, I just can't get over my excitement. It's, it's Christmas again. Isn't this a wonderful season? But frankly, this year it hasn't thrilled me so much. Nope. I got my hands on something I wanted all my life. A big red drum. And then I just couldn't beat it. Well, why couldn't you beat it? Don't tell me the old incentive was lacking. Don't tell me the Christmas spirit was weakening. Even worse, the store detective was watching. Colonna, oh. <laughs> you're just one step removed from a moron. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to crowd you. Ah, <laughs> uh, but Sandra, I don't know. This year, even, even my tree doesn't look good. Why not? Well, during the summer, it turned brown. Oh. Then, then I dug up the uh, holly wreath that Jack Benny sent me last year. What a cheap holly wreath. Needles only played 12 records. (laughs) Then my kid brother got arrested for doing his Christmas shopping early. Now, 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 Professor, Professor, how would he get arrested for doing his shopping early? It was too early. Store wasn't even open yet. (laughs) (laughs) Then I couldn't think of what to get Rita Hayworth, so I walked around and looked in all the windows. What happened? Ari Khan came out and said, Stop looking in our window. The worst thing that happened to me was last week when this carpenter character got me a job. A job at a department store. Well, this sounds excruciatingly interesting. Tell me more. (laughs) Yes, tell me more. Please, Jerry. (laughs) Tell me more. That'd be costing you, Santa. If you say that once more, I'll have to stop twisting your arm. (laughs) But if you must know, he found me wandering around the May Company. Colonna. Hiya, Professor. Hello, Ken. What's the matter, Jerry? You look as if you'd been down in the dumps. Dad, you know where your present is coming from? <laughs> What's bothering you? Well, frankly, I need some more spending money. Dough, moolah, some Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra? Yeah, some of that long green. Oh. <laughs> I just thought of what I wanted to give to Linda Darnell this year. A diamond tiara. A tiara? Yes, it would go so well with her boom de <laughs> Well, I'm sorry, Jerry, but my money's all tied up in cash. 
Um, I've, um, I've, got five, I've got five, but I want to buy my wife that pressure cooker she wants so much. Oh, hand it over, son. She doesn't need a cooker when she's got a pot like you. <laughs> uh, come on, Kenton, and fork it out. Now, huh? look, Jerry, I got a better idea. I'll get you a temporary job. Now, just follow me. Come on. Job? Kensington, I can't work. I'm delicate. I'm fragile. I'm aesthetic. I'm lazy. <laughs> Look, Professor, it's only for a couple of hours, and all you got to do is play Santa Claus. The regular one's sick today. Ken, do you think I could really fill his shoes? Well, I don't know about the shoes, but you can certainly fill the throne. <laughs> Come on, Jerry, hurry up. You'll miss the elevator. Face the front, please. Mister, don't press your nose so hard against the glass from the door. I want a case to lay out. Don't worry, I won't break the glass. Second floor, household appliances. Third floor, dry goods. Fourth floor, girdle, stockings, and ladies' lounge rags. <laughs> Anyone for band-aids? <laughs> Toyland. Oh, listen for us, Jerry. Let us out. Yes, I'd better see Santa Claus. My, you're big ones, aren't you? <laughs> well, you can tell this is the toy department. The grown-ups are all playing with the toys, and the kids are standing around crying. Oh, Kelowna, here's your new boss now. Oh, how do you do, sir? I'm... Oh, wait a minute. You're the nasty-voiced guy that Jack Benny keeps running into all the time. Are you the manager here? Well, what do you think I am with this gardenia in my lapel? A flower pot? Frank Rasmussen! <laughs> uh, Mr. Colonna, turn around so I can look you over. My, isn't he a chubby one? Say, <laughs> Mr. Nelson, do you think I'm qualified to take the place of your Santa Claus? Oh, certainly, Mr. Colonna. All he ever does is sit around on his big fat mezzanine. <laughs> and now, suppose you step into the dressing room here and try on the suit. Okay, see you later, Ken. Say, I'm fast at this stuff. I'll take off my coat and slap red makeup on my face. Yes. Now I'll put on the beard like this. Yes. Why, Professor, that looks grand. Now, that's the makeup you should have on every one of your personal appearances. But Mr. Nelson, this beard is so big, it covers my entire face. Yes. <laughs> and now, how does the suit seem to fit? Well, it's... <clears throat> I'm having trouble with the falsy, the... <clears throat> the stomach. <laughs> there, that's it. Pretty fast, eh? Yes. <clears throat> uh, but, Mr. Colonna, the stomach's supposed to be in front. Oh, my mistake. That's you. <laughs> Oh, the pants are so baggy. Yeah, well, Santa, let's off to work. Hey, come, Kelowna, don't just sit there. Stand up. Nelson, I am standing up. <laughs> it's the suit that's sitting. <laughs> oh, never mind. Come along, little man, and I'll lift you up on the throne. Down this aisle? Yes. Ooh, aren't we devils? We're walking around in ladies' lingerie. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. These things are pretty. I want to buy one of these for my girl. Uh, professor, you can't buy one of those. Well, I... uh, they'll explain <laughs> that. <laughs> well, here's Santa's little corner right up ahead. And look at the eager little kitties. Look who's here, kitties. Oh, my, aren't they charming little cherubs. The one at the front of the line is my little boy, little Rover. Why did you name him Rover? His mother always wanted a dog. 
Is he cunning? I'm afraid of him. Does he bite? Oh, no, no. Rover never bites. Then why is he spreading ketchup on my leg? <laughs> well, Chad, if you'll excuse me, I've got to go help the store detective. He tell, tells me he caught a beautiful red-headed shoplifter, and I can hardly wait to make a pin. Happy days! <laughs> Congratulations. I'm 34, going on Benzedrine. <laughs> now, let's get on to the quiz, huh? Hey, are you really beloved old Santa Claus? The one and only real honest-to-goodness Santa Claus? Yes. Why, you dirty, no-good rat! What happened to all my loot? Well, <laughs> a mink coat, a Cadillac, and a diamond ring. So what do I find in my sock? Three lousy, stinking jelly beans. <laughs> what happened to the mink coat, the Cadillac, and the diamond ring? Well, little girl, you don't realize my problems. It's pretty hard to make that iron claw drop in just the right place. <laughs> yeah, why don't you go sit in a mousetrap, you, you big, fat piece of cheese? Now <laughs> uh, your family owns a bathtub. Yeah, but we never use it. <laughs> Santa, see these scissors? I'm going to take a souvenir, a pimento, something to identify you by. Oh, a lock of my wavy mustache? You smash my eye. I'm taking a lock of your nose. Hey! <laughs> That's all. That did it. I just dropped by to see how you're doing with the little angels. How you making out? I'm getting out of here. Oh, you can't quit too easily, Jerry. Why don't you try your luck with just one more little kid? Try that bright-looking lad. Well, I'm just an impetuous fool. Come here, bright-looking boy. What's your name? Well, Tetley, I'm 12 years old and I went to Hollywood High. Walter Tetley, huh? No kidding. You went to Hollywood High? Yeah, that's why I got expelled. <laughs> Make this fast, Buster. I gotta get over to UCLA to pick up my M.A. Your Master of Arts degree? No, my ma. She's looped in the sorority house. <laughs> Come on, Buster. Come on. Why the third degree? Where's your warrant? What's the rep? Right-looking boy, you don't understand. I'm Santa Claus. Santa who? Santa Claus. Look... This time of year, who goes flying through the air faster than the speed of sound, whizzing past the chimneys of the red light, zooming over the housetops? A California driver. Now, <laughs> <laughs> uh, kid, you must have some practical idea about what you want. Well, hey, I got it. I got to have a blowtorch. A blowtorch? Son, why would you want a blowtorch? All my life, I've wanted to blame down Marty Woolley. <laughs> You mean besides a shot in the head? <laughs> Let's see, I just had an idea. Now, what was it? Oh, yeah, I've got it right in the back of my head. Good for you, Buster. You got it cornered. <laughs> now I remember. Got it right here. Here you are, son. The perfect tribute. It's an incense burner and a mirror. Hey, what do I do with an incense burner? You burn punk in it. Yeah. Where do I find the punk? That's where the mirror comes in. 
Now, shove off, kid. Scram. Bust your compass. Get lost. Ah, simmer down, egghead. Egghead? Please. My features are finally chiseled. Your parents got cheated, too. <laughs> Son, you're exciting me. Ah, pull up your pants. Your pot is boiling over. <laughs> Child, bright-eyed moron. Why don't you file off that point on your head? I don't think you should be permitted to have anything sharp. Nelson, I can't take this. This this kid is getting me down. He's knocking me out. What'll I do? While you're down there, why don't you smoke a Lucky and feel your level best? <laughs> yeah, Ken, would it be all right if I smoke? Smoke? It'd be funny if you didn't. I just said fire to your pants. <laughs> Jerry, thank you. Here's our good friend, Harry Babbitt. What's that you've got tucked under your arm, Harry? Well, it's a copy of I Remember Mama. Oh. Shall we be on with it? I do. Never forget, oh, 
listen to our Christmas command. Well, are you ready with any more presents for the gang? Yes, but, uh, Ken, you know, I've been bothered all day by a fellow in a baggy suit. And I see his head poking out of my bag right now. Well, oh, my gosh, Santa. That's a good friend of the gang. Oh? He's tops with Armed Forces Radio. Oh. Well, come here, my good man. Now, who, who are you? Me? <laughs> Well, I'm glad to meet one of the army's finest brains. something, Sack. What would the men overseas like me to give them more than anything else? Oh, well, they like a bee, a bee, a bee, uh, they like a bee, uh, they like to play to ch check, it's, ch it's, well, you see, they, 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 they like to see art m museum, art m m m m dame. <laughs> What, uh, what if I run over and see the boys? Oh, sure, they, they'll be happy to discuss their uh, uh, philosophy. Uh, 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 they, 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 they'll be glad to talk about Shakespeare, Shakespeare, Shakespeare. Uh, uh, they'll play to check it. Uh, uh, go ahead, but bring a dame. Remember, you're not in the army anymore. He's not? No, they're particular now. Oh. Zack, uh, what are you doing for a living these days? Making perfume. For what company? Well, yeah, the best. Evening and evening and Chanel number. I'm raising the stink of my own. Jackie, I see. Yeah, well, well, I'm, I'm busy all day putting caps on my perfume bottles. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. You're economical, are you? Oh, yes, oh, I'm conservative. Yeah. Uh, I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm keeping my business out of other people's noses. Good for you. Good for you. Now, tell me something, Sack. What would you like me to get you for Christmas? Oh, I, I like a baby, a baby, uh, 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 some warm underwear. Uh, 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 no, no, no. I, I, I like some laundry. Uh, 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 I, I, I want a kiss from a gorgeous dame. Good. Well, Sack, I have one right here. Anne Southern. Anne, do you know the Sack? Oh, certainly. How are you, Sacky, honey? Don't get so excited over this babe, Sack. She's just a woman, like your mother. There she is? Yes. We was wrong. Anne. Yes. And tell me, would you consider kissing the sad sack? Why, of course, Santa. 
Stacky, have you ever had a girl alone? Why, uh, 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 of course not. I, I, I was an honorable soldier to dear, so uh, well, uh, I'm a gentleman, a gentleman, and, uh, I'm, I'm a gentleman. I'm stupid. <laughs> so, um, I, I, I did pick a girl up at, at, at Griffith Park. Oh, why, Sacky, I'm shocked. What did you do? We made the... We played gin rummy. <laughs> Oh, now, Stack. That's a child's game. Yeah? yeah with real gin? <laughs> well, now, Sacky, here goes for your kiss. Now close your eyes and pucker up. Oh, boy, here's where I get a free harmonica lesson. <laughs> Uh, this looks very interesting. I, I think I'll move in on this myself. Uh, uh, come on, Anna. Pucker up. Uh, this time I'll uh, give you my high, uh, slow one. Hmm. Here, here, right. <laughs> here, here. Wait a minute, Sack. Wait a minute. You don't want to kiss Anna again? Well, you're right, Santa. It, it's a uh, child. It, it's, 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 it's infant. <laughs> the heck I don't. She's wonderful. <laughs> no, no, no. Now, look here, Sack. And may look gorgeous and desirable to you, but she's really not. No, it's all in your mind. Your mind is making a fool of you. It, it, it is? Yes. Just the same thing about kissing, you know. Kissing is all in your mind. Your mind's making a fool of you. It, 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 uh, it is? Certainly it is. Mm. Certainly. Yes, yes, and you... You know, you don't really enjoy kissing Anne. Again, your mind is making a fool of you. You understand? Yeah, I, I, I sure do. Yeah, well, come here, Anne. Oh, I'm ready, lover boy. <laughs> well, Sack, Sack, now wait. Hey, Sacky! Didn't you hear my advice? What about your mind making a fool of you? Is <laughs> there Santa? Shake hands with an idiot. <laughs> I know the air transport service will like it too. A song from the Pied Pipers.
can a fella get so Christmas time is the old stories it brings to mind. We'd like to tell you a particularly beautiful one tonight through the words of a distinguished Hollywood cast, including Francis X. Bushman, William Conrad, Jeffrey Silver, Jane Webb, and our star, our dear old friend, the man who handed me my Academy Award, Donald Crisp. Command Performance presents this one brief moment starring Mr. Donald Crisp as narrator. For some there are who seek to reach a goal, and some who scoff and look away with scorn. But still the seekers make their way until in one brief moment it is then revealed how great the quest, how wonderful the goal. Now hear the story told on Christmas Eve in Antwerp, where the North Sea meets the skeleton. The story of a boy, a dog, a dream that did not fade but lives today as proof that faith and charity shall never die. A league from Antwerp, there lay a town amid the pasture land so flat and green, where lines of alder trees and poplars too were sentinels which lined the great canal that glided through the center of the town. And close beside an ancient mill that worked with slowly moving arms, there stood a hut, a humble little place but sparkling clean. And here, old Yehan Das had made his home, a man who once had lived a soldier's life, but now could only do such simple tasks as taking milk to Antwerp to be sold for those few people of the town who helped the old man to earn a livelihood. It was in a cart he bore the cans of milk, and at his side to lend him aid there walked his grandson, Nello. So it was one day that Ihan Das and Nello took the road to Antwerp. Quickly walked the boy, as bright anticipation filled his stride. How long the way to Antwerp has become, and such a heaviness has filled the cart. You shouldn't leave the village, Grandpa Doss, yeah. for you have not the strength of once you had. 
But I am young and strong and much more fit to travel thus upon the Antwerp road. Yeah, but young and healthy though you are, my son, I fear these cans would be too much to pull for you alone. Oh, I do not think that I... <sighs> Come, let us pause. For I must rest a spell before we travel on. Well, we shall pause. What means this great impatience in your voice, son? And why do lines of sadness crease your brow? Come, Nello, tell me why this sudden haste. There's nothing, Grandpa Dyer. It soon will pass. Uh, but what is there in Antwerp that draws you thus? The ringing bell. Tis that which bids me come. The great cathedral bell which calls to prayer. I want to see the paintings hanging there. The Master Rubens' greatest works of art. But Nello, child, you know as well as I that only those of wealth can draw the veils which hide the treasured frames. Then I shall pay. With what? The little money we earn thus by taking milk to Antwerp town is dross. A paltry sum which barely buys us food. I'll get the money somehow, Grandpa Dodd. Oh, it's best that you forget your cherished dreams. We are poor. And yet must thankful be that we are given bread and cheese to eat and can afford the hut we call our home. It is not right that one should be so poor he cannot pay to see beneath the veils. He didn't mean the poor should never see. He would have had to see them every day. I wish that I were as rich as Boss Kogas and owned the meal as prosperous as his. Then I could surely pay to draw the veil. Uh, forget the wealth of Miller Boss Kogas. For such a wealth will never come to you. And listen to me, Nello. Hear my words. Tis better you forget his daughter, too. Forget his daughter, Eloise? But why? You know the miller bears you naught but scorn. And sees you as a beggar dressed in rags. Oh, your friends. What matters how I live or how my clothes are worn? For Eloise is fond of me, and I am fond of her. Yeah, but you shall always live in poverty until the day you die. Oh, I shall be rich. Perhaps not now. One day soon I'll be. <laughs> You're still a dreamer, child. That who can tell. Perhaps your dreams may one day all come true. They will. Give me your hand and help me to rise. My arms and legs have once more found their strength. And it's time that we were on our way. <clears throat> and I'll take the other shaft and let us go. Oh, it's wrong that we must live this way. Hold fast your hope. For as the good book says, how blessed in spirit are the poor, my son. For heaven's kingdom surely will be there. I know the words, but... What's wrong, my child? I heard a cry, an animal in pain. A far-off bird. <clears throat> no, there it is again. Why, I hear it now. Where, where, where can the creature be? I do not know. Somewhere near this place. I see it now flying in the ditch. Oh, a dog. Badly beaten, I would say. Uh, how thin it is. Uh, we cannot leave it there. Here. Put him in our car. Uh, uh, uh. But gently, child. Master must have kicked and beaten him and left him by the roadside there to die. We'll take him home and nurse him back to health. And could I keep him for my very own? I always treat him kind. Then he shall stay. And now, my son, we must be on our way. 
And thus the dog Patrashi found a home. And tenderly they cared for him each day until at last the dog was well again. And then Patrashi showed his gratitude to Yihan, Das, and Nello. For one day when they came out to get the little cart, the dog was lying there between the shafts. As though to say, now I shall pull the load. They tried to move him, but he wouldn't budge. And so they got a harness for the dog, and every day he proudly drew the cart along the Antwerp road. And now it was the old man stayed at home and rested there, while Nello and Patrashi went their way. And daily Nello made his pilgrimage within the sacred portals of the church in hope that someone rich might come to pray and would perhaps draw back the heavy veil so that he might see the master's wondrous work. This love of art was Nello's soul, his life, for reared in poverty, untaught, ignored, he had the compensation or the curse, which we call genius. No one knew of it, and Nilo left of all. There was but one, the dog, Patrashi. Seeing Nello draw with chalk upon a stone, a piece of wood, and noticing how radiant lit his face, was only he that knew the blessed gift bestowed upon the boy. Oft it was that Nello and the dog would seek a spot within the flowered fields about the town. And here the miller's daughter, Alohis, would come and sit with Nello while he drew. And thus it was one day at summer's end, the miller's daughter sat upon the ground, the dog Patrashi's head upon her lap. And on a piece of wood of smoothest pine, which was his only canvas, Nello sketched and drew their likenesses with a charcoal stick. How slow you are, and how my muscles ache with all this sitting. Are you almost done? <laughs> Have you no shred of patience, Eloise? Of course it will be done before you know. No doubt you've painted me as some old hag, the one who gathers kindling by the road. I have not pictured you an ugly hag. How good of you. But if you must complain, I shall draw a blue-eyed squealing pig. <gasps> you hear his words, Patrashi? Can it be that you would let him speak to me like that? <laughs> you see, Patrashi is my faithful friend, and he knows what is good and what is bad. And he shall judge my drawing. Eloise! My father calls. Oh, Nello, leave me now before he finds us here. I will not go, for I have done no wrong. Oh, Nello, please, you know how angry father will become. I will not go, no matter how he rests. So, here you are. Did you not hear me call? I heard you, father. I was on my way. Your mother needs your help. Yes, father. Well? I beg you, Father. Nello did no wrong. I sat here with Patrashi by my side while Nello drew my likeness. That is all. I said your mother needs you. Father, please. If you don't leave this instant, Eloise, then I shall find some punishment for you. You needn't be so frightened, Eloise. Patrashi's here. No harm will come to me with him close by. I think you'd better go. Goodbye, then, Nello. We shall speak again. Now, young man, I wish a word with you. Oh, Patrashi. 
Now, Lo, it is time that you should realize just how I feel about your meeting with my daughter, Aloise. We did no wrong. What do you call it wrong for her to watch me draw? For her to watch you draw? <laughs> and so it's an artist's fame you seek, huh? To be a Rubens, Jordans, or Van Eyck. Now, here's my advice to you, and heed it well. For better that you seek for lesser things and drive such great ambition from your mind. Remember this, you wear a beggar's coat. And with these painters' fancies, you become a fool. A beggar you will always be, so cast aside that brush. You tell me this, and yet how little do you understand? You laugh at me and ridicule my work. And still you've not seen what I can do. You're, this, this portrait which I did of Eloise. Oh, very well, I'll see this work of art. Ah. <clears throat> Tis folly, as I said, a waste of time, but it is like my daughter Eloise and will perhaps be pleasing to my wife, so uh, uh, take this piece of silver for the thing, though I'm losing money on the sale. No, keep your money, and the portrait, too. I'll take it, but my feelings have not changed. I do not want you seeing Eloise. My daughter's future is my main concern, and in it, poverty shall have no place. Remember that. You will sorry be. I know, I am but a fool. I could have seen them with that silver piece. And yet, her portrait I can never sell. But someday I'll bring honor to my name, and poverty shall give its place to fame. <laughs> every year there was announced a contest open then to every youth of 18 years or less who would attempt with some unaided work in black and white to win the prize which was 200 francs now Nello had a secret from the world it was in a little barn close by the hut that he had fashioned out of roughest wood an easel here where no one ever came upon a sea of paper Sketch the lad the many fancies which possessed his brain. No colors, bright nor brushes could he buy. Thus he could only fashion what he saw in black and white. And so it was, he drew a simple work which spoke of greatness. There upon the paper he had drawn a man, a woodman seated on a fallen tree, a lonely figure, weary and alone, with night descending darkly over all. And in the figure he had clearly shown the stamp of age, the utter weariness, the quiet patience, and the careworn look, the meditation and the emptiness. And Nello struggled far into the night to bring perfection to this favored sketch. At last the drawing was complete. And then, one early morn, as cold December came, young Nello placed his picture in the cart and took it to a place in Antwerp town, where it would soon be put with all the rest, until the choice was made on Christmas Eve. It was with a silent prayer he left it there. Then started back home, but on the way he found a little puppet in the snow. And thinking of Alohese might like the doll, he changed his course to pass the miller's house. I know I'm awful trashy coming here. Or should we be discovered near the mill? 
The Mueller's anger would descend like rain upon her head. Be still, Patrashi. Still. I'll call up to her window. Eloise! came to give this little doll to you. A doll? I found it lying in the snow. Wait there and I'll bring it up to you. Oh, no. Please don't try to climb up here. You'll hurt yourself. Be careful lest you fall. Well, here I am. I hope you like your doll. Oh, lovely, Nella. See how quaint she is with all her dainty petticoats and lace. I had to bring it to you, Eloise, so I could share its loveliness with you. Now, I think you'd better leave before someone discovers you up here. If father ever sees you... It's too late. Too late? Your father. <gasps> Nella, you come down. Oh, Nella. Don't be frightened, Nella, Louise. And just what are you doing near the mill? I came to bring a gift to Ella Louise. She doesn't need your gifts. Yes, Boss Colgan. I've told you I don't want you near my house. I have to tell you one more time, you'll wish that you'd obeyed. Now take your dog and go. Come on, the trashy. Go, and don't come back. That night, there was a fire at the mill. And though the mill itself remained untouched, a quantity of corn was soon destroyed. Far from near, the people came and stayed until the fire had been quenched. Twas then the miller sought to place the blame and spoke of Nello as the guilty one. For had the boy not loitered near the mill and for the miller borne a hatred grudge since he had been warned away from Halloween? Though Bascogius did nothing to the boy, suspicion spread throughout the little town. Then less and less the little cart was seen along the Antwerp road. For none there was who dared to help the boy and thus displeased the rich, important miller, Baskojev. The days grew cold, the snow grew deeper still, and then one night the aged Yehan Das, so ill and tired, passed away. With none to offer comfort in their grief, the time dragged on for Nello and the dog. The little Flemish town grew gay and bright and filled with childish laughter every day for Christmas week had come to bring it cheer and great was the excitement to behold. But Nello felt no touch of happiness as hopefully he looked toward Christmas Eve, the day when he would surely win the prize. And now at last it came, and through the falling snow the anxious Nello walked into Antwerp town, took his place with the other lads within the public square, and then at noon, the great cathedral bell began to ring and Nello's heart was pounding in his breast as high above the heads of all the crowd was held for all to see the winning sketch. And then the winner's name was loudly called. The prize is won by Stefan Tieslinger. <laughs> 
Clouds of deep despair filled Nello's brain. His dreams came crashing down about his head. Now all was gone, Patrasi. All was lost. The snow was falling fast. The wind was cold as Nello turned his back upon the square. With faithful old Patrasi at his side, unconscious of the storm, he turned his steps to where the great cathedral stood silent. The portals lay unclosed. The massive doors, like outstretched hands of blessed sacrament, bade Nello welcome. Up the aisle he went and struggled slowly toward the chancel gates with leaden steps. His eyes were filled with tears. His heart was bursting with an aching throb. Patrashi followed close behind the boy. A whine escaped his lips as if to say, How could you think that I would forsake you now? when more than e'er before you need a friend. With effort, Nello reached the chancel gates, and in despair he fell upon the stones. What more is left for me upon this earth? Things I love are all denied to me. Men have no need of me, and I'm alone. Except for you, Patrashi, faithful friend. How tired I am. How tired of everything. Come. Come, let us lie down together here and sleep. They lay together in the piercing cold. The northern winds, they blew like waves of ice, froze every living thing that fury touched. And in the vault of stone, the bitter chill drew closer still to Nello and the dog. Beneath the veiled paintings, there they lay, and smoothed to slumber by the numbing cold. Then suddenly a great white radiance came streaming through the vastness of the aisles and fell upon the paintings overhead. And as the light in brilliance brighter grew, an unseen hand drew back the heavy veils and bared the canvases for all to see. One painting showed Christ Jesus on the cross. The other canvas pictured the descent. Then Nello rose and stretched his arms to them, with tears of ecstasy upon his face. The trashy. I have seen them both at last. <clears throat> oh, God, it is enough. Then suddenly, the radiance grew dim and then was gone. Once more the darkness hid the face of Christ. Then Nello's arms grew close about his dog. Tis done, and we shall see his face again, and he shall never part us now. And on the morn there lay there cold and still, while overhead the face of Christ looked down. And as the day drew on, two people came. The first, a girl who clutched a little doll. Oh, no. Can't you hear the Christmas bells? The Christ child hands are full of gifts for thee. Please, Nello, won't you wake and come with me? 
And then there came an old, hard-featured man who saw the look of peace on Nello's face. How harsh I was. How cruel to the man. And now to him I would have made amends that he indeed to me could be a son. Why did he have to die? Who were I the one? At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily, I say unto you, except ye become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. among nations, Christmas shows us where peace and goodwill can be found. It lies in the faith and innocence of children, untouched by selfishness or prejudice. If the quest is to be completed, if the goal is to be reached, let us consider the example set by the children in the world. For the only international understanding today belongs to children and to Christmas.
Wonderful, wonderful. And so we've capped the climax, tousled the tinsel, and wound up with another huge Christmas command. And uh, what say we thank the fine fellow who played Santa Claus for us, Edmund Gwen. Grand of you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, Edmund, I understand we're all going to join in and sing Jingle Bells. Oh, that's right, Ken. Oh, but first. Yeah. Uh, first, I like that that cute fella, that b- 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 Mel Blanc, so well. That, uh, you <laughs> oh, you mean Sad Sack? Yes, yes. I'd like him to send Christmas greetings from us to the gang. Well, that's easily arranged. Come here, Mel. Yeah? Uh, just say Merry Christmas to the boys. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Happy New Year. Well, all right, folks. Come on. Here we go. Speaking, this program was arranged with the aid of the Hollywood Coordinating Committee. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio Service, the voice of information and education. When you start your next project today at Menards, check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money. 